These are the terms of the covenant the Lord commanded Moses to make with the Israelites in Moab, in addition to the covenant he had made with them at Horeb. Moses summoned all the Israelites and said to them, Your eyes have seen all that the Lord did in Egypt to Pharaoh, to all his officials, and to all his land. With your own eyes you saw those great rivals, those signs and great wonders. But to this day the Lord has not given you a mind that understands, or eyes that see, or ears that hear. Yet the Lord says, During the forty years that I led you through the wilderness, your clothes did not wear out, nor did the sandals on your feet, or um, you ate no bread and drank no wine or other fermented drink. I did this so that you might know that I am the Lord your God. When you reach this place, Sihon, king of Heshbon, and Og, king of Bashan, came out to fight against us, but we defeated them. We took their land and gave it as an inheritance to the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh. Carefully follow the terms of this covenant so that you may prosper in everything you do. Great. Thank you so much, Lydia. Let's, let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, help us to understand the Bible. Open our eyes to see. Give us ears to hear. Give us hearts to understand that we might know your word, that we might know you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that we might know life and to be a source of life to others. Uh, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Kids, why do we, if, you, if you're here most Sundays, you know that right before I start talking about the Bible, we always pray first. Just like, you know, I just did that. You know, why do we do that? Isn't that a strange thing to do? How many of you pray before reading other books? You realize you're about, you're, I'm going to read this novel, and I better pray first. We don't need to pray before reading another book. So why do we pray to read the Bible? It's this interesting idea, isn't it? We do so because we actually need help. Not because the Bible sometimes can be difficult to understand, but because there's something going on that apart from God's help, we can't understand it. Now think about that. Now this is exactly in many ways what this passage is about. Now I mentioned earlier this book, and this is, to me, as a, as a dad and as an author, this is a, an ingenious, it's a whole series of books. It's called Who Would Win? And I don't know about, especially when I think back to a kid, I always thought, I always had these questions like, who would win, right? Captain America, right, versus, come on, Civil War, come on, guys. What, Superman? Okay, no, but what is it? Iron Man, right? Come on, guys. Iron Man versus Captain America. And who does win, by the way? Who, come on. Captain America, right? Which to me was a little surprising. I have to say, I wasn't. I was. I was actually going for Iron Man. Not going for Iron Man, but I just thought Iron Man had a, had more. Anyway, so but you're always wondering who would win, right? And of course, the whole the whole. If any of you are familiar with the WWE world, the world of you know the whole wrestling, you know, uh, I don't even know the names of the guys anymore. Back in the day, it was like Hulk Hogan and you know whatever. But the, you know they're you know whatever. But you're always wondering who's gonna win. Right? And in this particular who's going to win, there's all these different versions. There's like who would win, like a, a, a lion versus a tiger, uh, a Tyrannosaurus versus a Velociraptor. I mean, these are pressing questions. And you're thinking, like, who would win? And this particular one is about a killer whale versus a great white shark. And it's ingenious because you actually get in there, and it starts out by saying, I mean, the first page is, uh, 
me read it to you. What would happen if a killer whale met up with a great white shark? What if they had a fight? Who do you think would win? Right? Yeah, it's just, and then what it does, it actually goes into all of the science behind <laughs> the various animals. And it's, it's, you know, it's a science book, basically. It's teaching you about the various, the, the, the two animals, etc. And, and as it does, it, you're kind of building up to the question of who would win. You know, and of course, as it goes on, the, uh, it's, you, the, the, uh, the killer whale is, is you know, 23 feet long versus the, 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 the great white, which is only 13, and it talks about which one's smarter, et cetera, et cetera. So you get a sense of who would actually win. Does that make sense? Now, this is important because the same idea is found in this passage, kids. This is, an, this is a really important idea. Jesus, of oh, Jesus, Moses is actually standing before all the Israelites. They are, on the, are, they are about to go into the promised land, into the land of Canaan. And he says to them, he said, listen up, Canaan, uh, Israelites, I want you to remember all the things that you have seen. It says, you yourselves, you were in the land of Egypt, and you saw all the things that God did. So then when it was, when it was, when it was Yahweh, Israel's God, versus, versus Pharaoh, who won? Right? It's a really important question. Or he says, you know, after they, got, when they left Egypt, they went out near the Red Sea, and of course, the, the, the Pharaoh and all his armies, or all his soldiers came out. And of course, the question was what? Who would win? Right? And even after that, as they go into the wilderness, it's the wilderness, it's a desert. There's no food, there's no water. And so it's the desert versus Yahweh. And the question is, who would win? And Moses says, each and every one of you saw who won. Now this is really important, okay? Because after seeing those various duels, after realizing again and again that Yahweh would win, as the Israelites, listen to this, as they went close to the promised land, they sent spies into the, into the, into the land of Canaan to, to, to see what it was like. And these spies came back, and they were like, wow, it's a beautiful land. There's food. There's, there's, it's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. Here's some of the fruit. But then they said, you know what? The people living in that land, they're giants. They're huge. They're way taller than we are. And not only that, but their cities have walls that go all the way up to the sky. There's no way that we can win. And they started to complain and grumble, right? And they said, why would God take us out here? He brought us out here in the desert to kill us. And they said, let's go back to the land of Egypt. Now, wait a minute. They had seen Yahweh versus Pharaoh in Egypt. They had seen Yahweh versus Pharaoh at the Red Sea. They had seen Yahweh versus the desert. And still, what happened? They came to Yahweh versus the Canaanites. They said, ah, we can't win. And so what God did, actually, is he was very upset when they grumbled. And he said, you know what? You're not going to go into the promised land. In fact, what had happened is the Israelites were grumbling. And you know what they were scared about? This is very important, parents. They were scared about their kids. They said, you know what? We can't go into the land. We can't find the Canaanites. You know why? Because the Canaanites will kill our children. 
And they were scared because they thought the surrounding culture, the non-Christian culture, would take their kids. Okay? Now listen to this. So in response to that, what, what does God say? God says, because you were grumbling, none of you are going into the promised land. None of you are. In fact, he said, only people who are going to the promised land are your children. The very persons that you were so concerned about. Okay, and so the people that Moses is talking to here, guess who they are? It's the children. So understand that, kids. So that the people to whom Jesus, to whom Moses is speaking, they are adults now. But when they were in Egypt, guess how old they were? They were about your age. Isn't that amazing? They were. They would have been little kids when they saw the plagues. Imagine that. The Nile turned to blood. Locusts and gnats and frogs, right? And darkness. Seeing all these amazing uh, miracles. And then imagine, kids, imagine what it would have been like to, to see the, the, the uh, Egyptian soldiers and their chariots coming down after you. And your parents, understandably in many ways, right, just absolutely terrified, wondering what is going to happen, and then turning around to see the Red Sea begin to part. And walking through, what would that have been like, kids, to walk through, and you just put your hand as the water, as the walls of the water on each side, and you look down, it's completely dry. What would that have been like to, to see all that? Or even as you went through the desert, to, you wake up in the morning, and there the manna is, the manna that, that you would eat every morning. Or to see Moses strike a rock and suddenly there's just a, a gulf of, of water just breaks through. What would that be like to see all those things? But this is so important. Kids, listen to this. Moses says, you guys saw all of those things and guess what it did for your parents? Nothing. Your parents didn't, they saw all those things and it still didn't help them. And the question is, is it going to help you? Are you going to, you can, you can see, Moses is saying, you can see all these miracles and there's something about us, there's something inside of me that still won't listen, that still won't really care. Listen to this, what, what Moses says. He says, your eyes have seen all the things that the Lord did in the land of Egypt, to all, to, to Pharaoh, to all the officials, to all the land, listen to this. With your own eyes, you saw those great trials, those signs and great wonders. Kids, listen to this. But Moses says, but to this day, the Lord has not given you a mind that understands or eyes that see or ears that hear. What's he talking about, kids? He's, listen, this is so important. He's saying that, listen, you can see all these miracles. And unless God gives you a heart to see, to heart to understand and eyes to see and ears to hear, you won't hear it. You won't hear it. You won't listen. But the, but the beautiful thing is that God is ready to give that heart. And, but we need to ask for that. Okay, so let me give you an, an analogy here. Basically, so here's this remote control car. Let's see if I can get it to work here. Okay, it's on. Yeah, on. Ugh, let's see here. Um, okay, I'm going to push. Actually... Uh, Eli, come up here. Can I come up here real quick? You want to run this? No? No, okay. Another volunteer? Uh, just, uh, how about, come on, come on. Want to come up? Try this? 
Come here, come on, I'm going to try this real quick. Let's do an experiment here. Okay, let's see here. Hold on just a second. So, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and I'm going to have you do it after this, okay? So, I'm, I'm, can you push the buttons? What's happening? Nothing. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing, isn't it? You know why nothing's happening? Well, there are batteries. You know what's wrong with the batteries? They're out. That's right. They're out or they're, they're dead, right? So, think about this for a second. So, I'm sending from this thing, right? There's some things, there's a message going out from here to here, right? But what's happening? Nothing. Because the batteries are dead, right? So a mess, you can send all the messages you want, right? You can sit there all day long and do this, and what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing, right? Until you've got batteries that actually are work. Yeah, they're working, right? This is pretty simple. So what we're going to do, this is very simple, but we're actually going to take this for a second. In fact, why don't you go back and have your brothers work on this? Put them there. Wait, 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 come here, come here. Take, no, here, take, take this with you. If I can get this thing out here. There you go. So there are six batteries here. I think there's six or seven. Take, take both of that. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Take it back and have your brothers work on getting the new batteries in there. Don't, don't get the batteries confused, okay? So, so this is important. So what are we doing? We're putting new batteries into the car so that it can what? Receive messages. Do you understand? Are you with me, kids? Parents, are you with me? God can send all the messages he wants. He can do all the miracles he wants, but if you don't have a heart to re receive that, it's game over. Nothing's going to happen. You're not going to go anywhere. Okay? It's a very simple idea, but unless you and I have that new heart, we won't change, we won't grow, we won't love, we won't serve. I don't know about you, but I so often think I can do life on my own. Even as a Christian, even as a pastor. I think that I can somehow uh, live a Christian life. I can obey, I can love, I can serve, I can be the dad I need to be, I can be the husband I need to be. And I'm not asking God, saying, God, give me the strength, give me that new heart to do it. How are we doing back there? Is it going pretty well? We're, we're working, all right, we're, we're all thumbs up. Okay, good. This is a pit stop. These guys are, oh, you're ready to go? Come on, bring it, bring it up. Excellent, good, good. Let me, uh, here we go. I'm going to put the, put the, this, uh, awesome. Here we go. Let me see if I can, I'm not very good at this kind of thing. My, okay, here we go. So now, hold on, is it still, it's on. Here, turn it on. All right. Oh, let me see here. You know, this is, uh, this thing is not, doesn't work very well. Hold on. All right, there you go. Try that. See if it works. Oh, there we go. All right. All right. Well done. Let's get a round of applause here. There we go. All right. All right. Go ahead and go ahead and just take it for a drive for, for a spin for a while. All right. There you go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Just you know, wherever, wherever you think best, just kick it around for a while. Good. Okay. So kids, understand. You can, so God can be sending you all the messages you want. All he wants. He can do miracle, all kinds of things. You can hear about what Jesus has done in, in the Bible, and yet still, unless we have ears to hear and eyes to see, we won't actually get the message. Okay, so my question is, kids, have you asked God for a new heart? It's very important. Oh, come on, oh, yeah, go, go ahead and head over that way if you want to. Oh, you want, oh, okay, Dad's, Dad's calling you, summoning you back here. All right, that's good, wise decision. Okay, good. So, um, listen to this. Um, this is for parents and kids. You know, some of, so often we think, oh, back in Bible times, 
There were miracles all the time. Everyone just, oh yeah, there's miracles, and there's, people just got used to all kinds of m- m- magic things happening all the time. That's not the case, actually. Miracles happen very rarely in the Bible. In fact, there were two generations that experienced the most miracles. The first generation was the Exodus generation. They saw more miracles. I mean, I mean, imagine, I mean seriously, it would be just unbelievable to experience the plagues, the Red Sea, God's provision in the wilderness. They saw more miracles than any other generation, with one exception, and they all died in the wilderness. It didn't, it didn't help them a bit. Okay? What's the second generation that saw the most miracles? Can you guess, parents? Jesus' Jesus' generation. Okay? And how many of his fellow Israelites believed? Jesus raised the dead, cast out demons, healed the sick, fed the 5,000. And Jesus says, he grieves and he says, you, he says, he speaks of them and using the language of Isaiah, you have eyes but do not see and ears but do not hear and hearts that do not perceive. Listen, gang, kids, parents, there's nothing scarier than going to church every Sunday. And you hear God's word, you hear his stories, you hear about the miracles, and your life doesn't change at all. Have you asked him for a new heart? Because he can be sending all the messages. He can be doing miracles all around you. God still does miracles. Every time I say I'm sorry to my wife, it's a miracle. I, last night, we were having Bible time. We were, I was singing, we were singing songs, and I got really upset. I mean, really upset. I got really angry. Some of the kids were fooling around. I totally, totally overreacted. I was yelling. I cussed. And I stormed out, went upstairs. About, I don't know, five, ten minutes later, God, you know, finally, the, you know, God's spirit showed up <laughs> and gave me the humility to walk back down and to confess, ask for forgiveness. That's a miracle. I'm proud. The last thing I want to do is own my sin in front of my wife and kids. It's a miracle. And of course, they turned around and they forgave me so quickly. That's a miracle, too. People don't do that on their own. Does that make sense? So asking God for every day for the strength. Asking, God, I can't do this. I don't understand, I don't know, but I'm going to rely on you. I'm going to, I'm going to seek, that, seek your spirit, your strength, your power, your wisdom. And here's the thing, gang. Moses is speaking to the whole community. It's not just enough for one person here to have a new heart. Right? It's really cool when you, listen to this, kids, it's really cool when you put batteries and in, in, in your remote control car, and you can drive it around. But what's even more fun? That one Christmas we did this is actually the day after Christmas. I went to Radio Shack, and I didn't buy just one radio control car. I bought what? Two. Now I actually bought three, and it was great. We were all going around together, having this amazing time, racing, and all these great things because there were, was more. There were more than just one car. What, what's a congregation look like when everyone is asking for a new heart, admitting I can't do this on my own? Admitting that I won't listen. I'm a terrible listener. 
I see what I want to see. Let me, let me just close with this. Uh, I've been teaching my daughters, my twin daughters, to drive, and they're doing a wonderful job at it. And it's amazing because, you know, as a, as a child, before you learn to drive, you learn, you know, everyone's kind of looking out the front window, right? Looking out the, the, the windshield. And so we're all seeing the same thing, right? And yet, if you want to learn to drive, you've got to be looking for certain things. You've got to learn to what to ignore and what to look for. Does that make sense? You've got to know what we're to be able to discern what to see and what to just ignore. And it's the same thing with the spiritual life. It is about the spiritual life, the Christian life. It's about the idea of, of being able to say, God, give me eyes to see the things that are important, the things that matter, to see you for who you are, to see others for who they are, to see myself for who I am. And so again, what, Paul, what, what Moses is, 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 is seeking of the Israelites is to say, have you, have you been given that heart to understand? Okay, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your, your goodness to us. You are a, a, a God who loves to give good gifts. You are a Father who knows how to give good gifts. And yet, Father, we, we so are often uh, just so slow to ask. And Father, I just pray for every child here. I pray for every parent here and grandparent here that you would give us new hearts, eyes that see, ears that hear. I pray that each and every day we would depend upon you, that we would ask you for help, that we would ask you for wisdom, that we would ask you for strength and hope. Father, we'd ask you for a fear of you. Oh, Lord God, I pray that, um, Lord, that you would help us to see the miracles uh, in, our, in our everyday lives. Father, the miracles in our own hearts, the miracles in our families, and our relationships. Father, I pray that we would, um, we would be bold in asking for you to perform miracles, real wonders, wonders in ourselves, uh, miracles in our neighbors, uh, in our families, our, in our, uh, our, our workplaces, Father, uh, with the poor, with the lost, with immigrants, whoever it may be. Father, I pray that you would make us men and women and little ones, young people, who love to pray and seek big things from you. Father, we love you and we pray these things all in Jesus' name. Amen.